Chronic illness can be an all-consuming experience. I have suffered with chronic illness for over 20 years, and there is no doubt managing a chronic condition can be a full-time job with no perks or time off. It affects every facet of your life, but you are not alone. Join me as we hear real stories of people living with chronic illness, their challenges, their victories, and the treatments and coping strategies they use to get through the day. I am not my pain, and neither are you. Welcome back to I Am Not My Pain podcast. Last week, we heard from chronic illness warrior Camelia Phillips as she detailed her experience with migraine. If you haven't listened to part one, I would highly encourage you to go back and check it out. To recap, Camelia has been suffering from migraine for the past 18 years, as well as mild ulcerative colitis for the past decade. Camelia holds an MFA in creative writing from the new school and also co-curated the Gorilla Lit reading series. She is a longtime writer and leader with social justice organizations and was honored as 2019 Women in Power Fellow in New York City. Camelia shared in part one that she wasn't public about her chronic illnesses until recently, as she feared it would negatively impact her career or other people's perceptions of her, and she still wanted to identify as a healthy person. However, she was no longer able to hide her conditions after months of dealing with visible mobility issues, and she had to make the difficult decision to step away from her full-time job for her health. However, Camelia continues to write and now openly shares her experience with chronic illness through her blog, www.cameliawrites.com. I will include the link in the episode description. She has also started a freelance copywriting SEO strategy and a grant writing business, which provides the flexibility she needs to prioritize her health. Last week, Camelia explained all her various symptoms related to her migraine, as well as her triggers, and explained how the work world is just not built for the chronically ill. This week, Camelia shares the effect on her migraine when managing other health problems, as well as some insights on what mainstream society may not understand about migraine, as well as living with a chronic condition. Let's tune in to the rest of her interview. When you have a chronic condition and then you have something else happen, which it's life, something else will happen health-wise, how does managing both, I mean, what does that do to both? Like, how does it affect your other chronic illness when you're going through another health issue? This is a really interesting one is I am notorious for neglecting other health issues mm-hmm. <laughs> with fear of like, it's going to make my migraine upset <laughs> or, or just because it's not as bad as your migraine. If it's yeah. not as disabling as my migraines, it's, it, I just mark it as irrelevant, you know? So with this, with my, my hip problem, that was, I actually like 10 years ago had hip pain for a year and I did my tried and true method of ignoring it. Um, and it went away, but like, I was like 30 in my early thirties then I'm not anymore. And so this time when my hip pain, pain, pain came back, I, um, it got really bad, really fast. So I was finally like where I was limping all the time. I couldn't walk more than a few blocks without pain. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to talk to a doctor. So the doctor sent me in for an x-ray 
oh my god this is this is so sad the x-ray they said is osteoarthritis which was a total misdiagnosis so i then spent like six months doing pt for osteoarthritis of the right hip and um being in total pain all the time still I, i i couldn't um it was disrupting my sleep, which obviously gave me more migraines. Sitting, I couldn't sit for work. Like I, I couldn't, it just hurt all the time. I couldn't sit, I couldn't sleep. And being a person with chronic illness, I was like, okay, I just need to learn to accept this pain. Yeah. <laughs> so oh my bad. gosh, so true, so true. I've literally said to someone at work, I'm like, I just need to find, you know, I've learned to live with other things. I just need to find a way to learn to live with this. And then I go in to see my neurologist And she's like, what is wrong with you? You can't even sit. You are going to the doctor. I'm sending you to this specialist. You're going in our network. You're going to get someone to really figure this out. So it was my neurologist who sent me finally. And the first x-ray that um, this other doctor did was they were like, you don't have osteoarthritis. What is going on? Mm. And then um, they sent me for an MRI. It was you know, those great MRI reports where they're really long. Yes. I just, I just recently got one for my cervical spine. You're Googling all the words in it. You're like, wait, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? And most of it means absolutely nothing or it's minor, but like, you still don't know what it means. Like you're like, what? But yes. And so what was it? It was a liberal tear, um, an impingement, which is like bony growth kind of thing. And also ended up what gave me a lot of long-term problems was I had some tendon issues. There's like a partial tendon tear and stuff. So I went in, I saw a, my amazing, uh, I don't know what kind of doctor they're called, joint doctor. I don't know, Dr. Wachuku. And I loved him from the minute I met him and his team. He couldn't even like touch my leg without me going like, ah, stop. Don't touch me. <laughs> and he's like, okay, we're just going to go straight to surgery repair the joint, fix some stuff. And it, the joint is great. It took me a long time for it ended up that the tendons, which I had injured while I was doing PT for the wrong thing. <laughs> took, they're not completely healed yet. They're probably now close to 90%. Yeah. yeah. It's about 90%. And I think we're like, it's a, I think I'm, a, I'm over two years out from when I first had the injury. Um, or whatever it was, like whatever triggered it. But and I'm just thinking too in your recovery, like if you get migraines from pain medicine or muscle relaxers and the things they give you to recover oh. from the surgery, then you're not only dealing with the pain from the procedure, you're dealing with the migraines on top of it. So it's so complex. Like it's not just, oh, I had surgery and now I'm fine. It is like a lengthy thing and it adds like another layer to it that you have to mess with the entire time. And then the fear has to be there or that thought in the back of your head, like crap, this is going to give me more migraines. Like I'm going to have to deal with migraine and this pain. Oh, happy day. You know, it's, it's gotta be, you know, there's always that little voice in the back of our heads that is just like, this is going to make the pain worse. And then I'm going to have to deal with that pain and this pain. And it is remarkable how, I mean, everyone I've met, our pain tolerance is insane. I mean, it is crazy because yeah. when you deal with pain on a daily basis or a chronic basis, 
you learn to manage it. You know, you just learn because you have to. And then like, so a 10, when someone says, when they're chronically ill and they say they're a 10, I'm like, okay, you're like a 20 and you need to be in the hospital because we don't say 10 often. Like you don't say 10. No, I've I've never said 10. The most I've said is like eight. Yeah, exactly. And then, but I've had few people that say, you know, I did finally say 10 and the doctor just, you know, either they didn't get it because they could say it without crying, without, you know, because they're used to pain all the time. The interesting thing about migraine and headaches in general, and what I've dealt with in my journey was that there are so, you encounter so many people that minimize what you go through. And they don't get it. Like, and listen, some person can have a headache and yes, it's horrible during, but then it goes away. And then they kind of think, well, you know, I managed it. It's fine. I'm like, imagine having that all the time. Now try to imagine trying to have a life and work and go and see friends and do all the things you normally do, but imagine that. And it's very difficult for people to do And they just look at you like, well, you should just be able to get through this. Like, I don't get why you can't come or I I don't get why it's affecting your life in such a way. So, I mean, what kind of judgments did you face, you know, while you were dealing with this migraine? Because I know that you kept it kind of to yourself for many, many, many years because you didn't want to show people. But I mean, your friends and of course, I know your husband, people saw it. But when you did finally say, okay, this is, you know, I have migraine, it's, not good. And, you know, did you encounter anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I would, la- I eventually would let people at a job after I'd been there, like six, I had a, sure. you know, a system. I wait six to 12 months before I have to prove myself first. If I have to take a sick day, I say I came down with something, right. Just like, so that you can pretend you're a healthy person. Then eventually I, I would let people, I've got chronic migraines, but I'm okay. Right. right. Yeah, we minimize so, it too. Yeah. I mean, I, we well, do it to ourselves. Yeah. I mean, because part of it is, you know, it's like people think you're fragile, you're unreliable, flaky. I've heard those judgments about other people who have asked for stuff. And so I never asked for more. I would, I would always sort of ask for just enough accommodations where other people were still feeling comfortable. And I was taking on most of the the burden, right? It was like, mm-hmm. you know, this like always making up hours, always hitting deadlines, always, you know, like my husband was like, oh God, the the words I hate are, I'm sorry, I have to work this weekend, Tani. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think that, I mean, I've never really asked for the level of real flexibility and accommodation that I would need because I just, it's not feasible. Um, I will say that one of the benefits of the pandemic and remote work was like, oh, like I would have asked to work remotely full-time years, but no one would allow that. But now that's just totally normal. And then that was why I was, you know, when I'm thinking about freelance, I realized I got to work less hours. I have to have, I need less hours. I, you know, I need to be able to take, I like having set weekend that weekends is torture for me because Mm -hmm. 
I often end up sick on the weekends yep. or then is, or I'm making up work on the weekends. So, you know, now that one of the, the great things about um, sort of how I'm setting up freelancing or my, or my consulting business is that I've decided I'm not going to follow a five-day workweek schedule. I'm going to take off the days either when I feel great and want to do something fun or when I don't feel well, because to me, like, one of the, it's a, the, just the frustration of this is the time I have for myself and I feel terrible. It's just constant disappointment. And if I can avoid, if I can structure my life in a way where I don't have that feeling of disappointment, where like I decide that this, you know, like I can have fun when I feel great and I can rest when I don't feel great. And yeah. it, it's a, yeah, so I kind of when I decided and and it takes a long time to get there. And I think a lot of people that, you know, unfortunately uh, don't have that ability, you know, they either have to go on disability or they are still kind of managing like you were back then. And I think are a hundred and a million percent right that the work environment is not made for people that are chronically ill. Now, I do think you're right that COVID did kind of open that door where it is more it gives us a little bit of a window now that we're like, okay, if I can work remotely and you give me a little bit more flexibility, like I could maybe do this mm-hmm. because even just, you know, being able to roll out of bed and then just go to work, you know, instead of having to get dressed, drive, you know, all the stress of all that, but it is so difficult, like working and, 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 and you're right. Like the days off, like aren't days off they're recovery days. Like you're recovering yeah. from the week. And you're like, I can't really enjoy. And I do think you hit a certain point too in your life where you're like, I want to enjoy some things. Like I want to have some experiences. I want to, you know, it's life. And you notice that you're just surviving it. And and that's what a a lot of us feel like is we're surviving. We're just surviving it. You know, we're just getting through it. And it's so hard. And you run into people that just don't you know, I had so many people that just couldn't understand how a headache could possibly cause me to move back home with my parents, not being able to finish school, not being able to do a lot of things with people, only being able to do so much per day. And they just were like, I don't get it. Just suck it up. And I'm like, this is me sucking it up. But it was so hard because those statements impacted me so greatly because I thought, well, maybe I should be able to, and oh my gosh, I'm not strong enough and I'm not good enough. And You know, and I think with age and then experience with your illness, you become a little bit more in your skin and and more self-aware. And you're like, no, like I am doing really well with my condition. You don't feel the pain I feel, but it's still very difficult to deal with the little, the little bits of comments that you get and things like that. And the misunderstandings and the, and the minimization of what you're going through and like I have a tendency to minimize it because they minimize it. So then I minimize it and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm okay. Like, I won't say I'm not doing well right now. Like I need to take yeah. it. Like I never, I would never like, especially to no. a coworker, you know, there's no way, even with a friend, like and my friend can tell I'm looking kind of pale and peaked and I'm not doing well. And then she's like, you really don't look like you're feeling well. I'm like, I'm okay. Like I'll be all right. And, but instead of just saying, you know what, I need to go to bed now. Like, there's so many things there that uh, I don't think people understand 
you know, with living with chronic illness, but also really don't get about migraine and headaches, like the impact they can have. So I I think that that's why this is so important to kind of go into it. Mm -hmm. So what are some things, you know, that you don't think people realize about a migraine? No one wants to hear, or can most people can't understand that you there is no getting better. It's right. not like, are your migraines better? Is your migraine better? Because like the last time you mentioned you had a migraine, is your migraine better? It's like, no, that was a week ago. I'm on the third migraine since we talked. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, usually people get a cold. You go in for surgery. Either, you know, you you there's an end point but with chronic illness there's not an end point it's just a like you were saying it's just a survive point you know at one point i was probably like like 12 years ago i realized that i was just spend i was just doing whatever it took to pass time because i and i got into this whole mindset because i knew the migraine would eventually i'd eventually get a break I just had to let enough time pass and survive long enough for it to be over. But that is really no way to live. It is, is you know, you're like, you're just gritting and bearing. You, you can get so deep into that mindset that you forget that even that, you know, yeah, even with migraine, even if you're in pain, we can still find things that are enjoyable. And like, sometimes you have to learn and you have to work hard to find out what those things are, but it's worth the work. So yeah, I think one people think people don't realize is that there's not an end. And by the, you know, if you see me every couple of weeks or you're, you know, you're going to see me three migraines past when the last time you saw me, like, it's not like there's, Oh, my migraine broke. And now I'm fine. <laughs> oh, I wish. I think, oh yes, how everyone wishes the word chronic is there for I know. a reason. But yeah, a lot of people only go through acute things and then they think, well, it's yes. over. And it's like, well, chronic stuff doesn't end. So there's one, so one thing that I think for at least in my experience, there's like three factors that affect how disabling a particular migraine is um, or migraines overall. There's the frequency of the migraine which is how often you get a migraine attack, right? It could be how many migraines per week or per month. There's the duration, which is how long each attack lasts. Now, so like for me, if I have a migraine that is four hours and then I take something and it goes away, I don't even, that is like a blip. It is a non-incident. It didn't happen in my mind. It's like, (laughs) but you know, can happen. I mean, and for a lot of us, it does. It, migraine might be 48 hours. Your migraine might be eight days. It might be a month. I, I, when I was recovering from hip surgery, I had to change one of my preventive medications. I had a migraine for an entire month. My mm. neurologist and I were like, I was on speed dial with neurologists trying to figure out what we could do. All the pain meds gave me migraines. Like every, so that, you know, that was a month and then it extended and I would have some breaks or it could be years. It could just be years straight. So, you know, a lot of um, non-migrainers might experience headache. It's like a time-limited event, but that is not what it is for chronic migraine. And the last factor is treatability, which is how, whether the migraine responds to Medicaid, uh, to acute treatments, right? 
usually those are tryptans, there's NSAIDs, and then there's the newer class of the CGRP, they have acute meds too. Usually you're supposed to take meds at the, as soon as possible to the start of the attack. Um, I have a problem where a lot of times I wake up with a migraine, which means it's been going on for hours, which means it's difficult to treat. So, you know, there's all these factors that go into how difficult each migraine is going to be. So for me, if I say I have one to two migraines a week, but it's okay, like I can have one to two migraines a week, which is about where I'm at currently. And they respond to medication within four hours. I feel like I have I, I, I might as well just be, I'm doing great. That is like best case scenario, right? right. I, it's like, like if it responds to, if a migraine responds to medication, oh my God, you are doing good. Mm-hmm. But, but then you can have migraines that don't respond to anything and they go on and on. And that happened to me um, after my last two times I took flights, it was like, Two weeks, I ended up being on ster- courses of steroids to try to get the migraines to break because they just go on forever. So, or you could be in a cycle, um, you know, before um, I would say earlier this year, I was, I'd have two to three migraines a week, but each one was like 48 to 72 hours. So at that point, you have like 24 hour migraine free days, uh, migraine free hours per week. Yeah. It is, it is really it's just, it's difficult to function. And I think another thing we mentioned earlier is that um, migraines are really expensive to have. The medications out of pocket, there are some tryptans that are available in generic now, but even some of the ones that are in generic, like Emerge, which is what I use, they are still really expensive. Like they haven't lowered the price of the generics that much. It is really annoying. But, you know, you're, uh, I had to leave my job. Obviously, I had to change health insurance. I have like two to three months where I like, I was on the, I was fighting for everything that wasn't a generic to be covered because it's not on the formulary. And, you know, you, the thing about having chronic illness is you learn to, if you want to, if you're, if you're going to try to treat it, you have to learn all the insurance stuff all the, what everything means and how to read the formulary, how to argue with it. Like you have to know it better than the insurance company, which Mm -hmm. ended up being what happened (laughs) in this case in order to get these medications covered. Like it is, it is just, you know, it's a battle. It's a battle. It's a battle between, you know, it's a lot of follow-up, but getting your doctor to send off the stuff to the insurance, it's a battle with the insurance and you got to appeal and, and, you know, get to be your own advocate and you have to, you know, it is exhausting. And then you get it to go through it every year because they make you like do it every year for, and it is, you know, and this is the United States we're talking about, of course, um, but it's just, it's so frustrating and, and can be defeating in a lot of ways. And a lot of people don't get it covered and it's, yeah. and then they suffer needlessly because they don't get it covered. It takes so much work and, you know, a lot of times if you've got a full-time job, if you've got an hourly job, if like people don't have the time, your doctor's office, are offices are only open at certain times. And then they got to call you back. And so you have to be available for when they call you back. And a lot of people can't do that. I mean, there's just so much 
to the system that it's, you know, and you do kind of learn how to play it in a way, but it is not, it is not fun. So what would you say, you know, or would you wish for people to kind of understand about living with a chronic illness? It's that, it's honestly going back to the, the what I said at the beginning is how mm-hmm. there's always this price that we pay and doing an activity that seems simple to other people, going to work, having dinner with friends, meeting deadlines at work, going, traveling to see your family. Like we pay a price for it. And that there's this, we're always making this calculation. And sometimes we have to be flaky, but I'm like, if you make it onto the list, that means you're special. <laughs> right. You're you, I actually have dinner with you. That means I care about you because oh. it takes a lot to eat and do all that and go out. Yes. A hundred percent. No. Yeah. And it's that it doesn't like that. You know, I remember my, my grandmother had Alzheimer's and near the end, she would, she sort of lost the sense of time and you know, something would upset her or hurt her. And she would get really upset because she, she didn't have the sense of sort of beginnings and ends and time to, to ground her. So it was like, she was in this pain and she was going to be in this pain forever. And she'd been in this pain for as long as she could remember in the immediate sense. And it was like awful for her. And I sometimes think like that, that, you know, there's, there's this with chronic illness, you accept that as reality and you're aware enough, you know, that that's what it is. And you know, and you're making this choice that you're going to live with this. Yeah. I just wish people to know too, that until you really have suffered with something or you have dealt with something that you don't know all the facets of it. So just be very cautious before you speak to people that are dealing with chronic illness. That's like my number one thing is take that moment to pause before you say something, because your words have a lot of power for us because we're suffering and we're already very inclined to beat ourselves up. Mm -hmm. Think we're not doing enough as it is. And instead of uplifting, sometimes your words can can hurt and minimize what we're going through. And it's, it's just really hard. So I, you know, highly recommend people to take that, that extra step and that extra pause. You just don't know what someone's going through in general. And with the headache, I think I always enjoy talking headache and migraine and other things. Cause I still feel like, even though this has been around forever, that general society just still minimizes and pushes it down and it drives me crazy. And that's why I love talking about it because I feel like people need to really grasp the full impact this, these conditions can have on people. And so I'm just so grateful you came on. So thank you so much for coming on the show and all the way from Italy. Yes. And, uh, (laughs) For right now, anyway, which is awesome. And uh, to learn more about Camellia uh, Phillips, go to her website, www.camelliarights.com. I'll include it in the episode description. As I said, she honestly, has, as you can tell, she has a wonderful way of expressing the ups and downs of living with chronic illness. Wonderful writer. 
And I would highly recommend reading and following her blog along with her because she, and also you get to see fun traveling pictures as well. So I enjoy that. I get to live vicariously through you if I can't always travel to these wonderful places. And, but you also just share tidbits of what it's like to travel with migraine and then also thoughts on living with chronic illness and as you progress in your life. And I think that that's important to, to look at and read. And I, you can see a lot, like, you, you know, you read something like that. And when I read anybody that writes about chronic illness, you always see a little portion of yourself mm-hmm. in it. Cause you're just like, mm-hmm, yep, I get that. So I think it's always good to do that, to remind ourselves that we aren't alone in this. You know, there's so many people out there that manage chronic illness and migraine and, but also just chronic illness. And we have to remind ourselves sometimes we get so into our own suffering because it hurts and we're, I mean, it's completely normal and totally natural, but it's nice to remember there's other people that are going through very similar things. So thank you again for coming on and Thank you to all my guests for listening today. And I hope you tune in next week to another amazing chronic illness warrior. And remember, you are not alone and you are not your pain. Like the show? Please subscribe and leave a review. Or to learn more about the show or how to become a guest, simply visit our website at www. I am not my pain podcast.org. That is I am not my pain podcast.org. Your story matters. We look forward to hearing from you. Hi, this is Keith. I am a martial arts therapist at the Hero Circle, a global healing and wellness initiative inspired by the children of kids kicking cancer. Would you like to discover the power of your breath while fueling the purpose of thousands of sick children across the globe? Simply check out our free adult meditation catalog at herocircle.org forward slash meditations. To learn more about our program and our inspirational little heroes, visit our website at herocircle.org. From all of us at the Hero Circle, we wish you a wonderful day. Power. Peace. Purpose.